Today on Alabama Unfiltered, we talk with Congressman Mo Brooks and we kind of cover it all. We talk about the assassination attempt on his life several years ago. We talk about what's Mo's favorite color. We talk about this current Senate race that is just heating up and going to a runoff on June 21st. And we cover lots of other things as well. So stick around. Welcome into Alabama Unfiltered this week. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Beeson. Allison Sinclair is with me. So is Amy Beth Shaver. we got a special guest, Mo Brooks. But before that, make sure that you go to all the places that you usually get read or listen to your podcast. You can check them out at Apple or Spotify. Don't forget this program is also um, funded, powered, ran by 1819 News. So go to their website, 1819news.com. Sign up for the daily newsletter. You'll definitely want that. It's like the newspaper's used to be when they were real and it would give you the information you need to know about what's going on in Alabama and around the country. So let's get started, ladies. How are y'all? Great. We're good. How are you? Fantastic. Congressman Mo Brooks, how are you? Doing well. Started in Washington, D.C. this morning. Got up at uh, 3.50 Central Time. Baseball practice at 4.50. Got on a plane. This will be my second or third event today here in Alabama. 3.50? 350. <laughs> is that a stutter? Central time. 350, 350 so central time. Okay. Wow. So uh, how are things looking at baseball practice? Uh, looking good. I uh, hope to still play at first base. Last year, I was the starting first baseman, played the whole game, which is unusual. Uh, no errors uh, in my career as a congressional <laughs> baseball player. Which is outstanding. No errors today in practice, uh, during okay. the fielding practice. I left before the hitting practice because, you know, those planes do leave without you. <laughs> right. So I had to get to the airport in order so to who, be here. So who usually here. wins the baseball game, the congressional baseball game? Well, the Democrats normally win, but we got a real good deal. The only deal we got out of the Biden administration right. is he hired into the White House their ace pitcher, Cedric Richmond, who is okay. a college pitcher. And still uh, kind of young. Right. And now that he's gone, last year we beat him, I think it was 13 to 12. So, you know. Okay. And, and yeah. it's real baseball. It's in the Washington Nationals Major League Baseball Stadium. We'll have twenty to 30,000 people show up. Wow. And it raises about $1.5 more or less for various charities. And it's a really good deal, except for when you got a socialist assassin who wants to kill you. Right, right. Okay, well, we're going to talk about that today. So uh, that's sure. why y'all were safe at baseball practice, because the socialist assassin was after... Supreme Court justice. Today. Well, that could be a part of it, but a big part of it is now we have a lot of firepower with us. Capitol Police. Oh, do you? It used to be that security was just kind of random. Mm-hmm. For example, um, when the assassin tried to take us out, and I was one of his primary targets, he had a target list in his pocket. Right, I remember uh, with that. my physical description. There were six of us that he wanted to kill mm-hmm. as his primary targets. Uh, we had two Capitol Police officers there by accident because Steve Scalise, being oh, a part wow. of leadership, when we right. were in the majority. <laughs> He got uh, protection. And if he hadn't been at practice that day, it had been us armed, armed with baseballs, baseball gloves, baseball bats against a guy who was shooting us. I didn't know that. I was under the impression the whole time that those two guards were there. They were there to protect Steve Scalise. And he happened to be there at that particular practice. He doesn't come to all the practices. None of us do because we've got other commitments. Right. So we were very, very lucky that this socialist assassin was a Yankee. He didn't know how to shoot right. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I mean, literally, he, he was shooting like his whole life. Y'all be Chuck done. Connors and right. the rifleman shooting from the hip. Right. And he didn't scout beforehand to figure out that there was only one way in and one way out mm. of the ball field. If you've ever seen the movie, Remember the Titans? Yes. Okay, it's their baseball field, their high school baseball field okay. that we practiced okay. on over in Virginia. 
And if he had figured out that there's only one way in and out, then he could have boxed us in the baseball field. He could have walked in and done his dirty deed. Um, Who hired or, that rookie? Or if he hadn't been so dumb, he'd have just shot off the lock at the third base gate. Right. But he didn't wow. do that either. He didn't do so that either. shooting from the hip. He doesn't scout. Before. I'm just thankful right. that he wasn't a Southern hunter or a military guy. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. That's you're right about that. We got lucky in that regard. But now we have a lot of protection there that goes out in a good distance in every direction. And so uh, the security is just fantastic. Capitol Police are doing a good job of trying to prevent a reoccurrence of that. Right. Well, we are going to get to gun control um, later on, which that's a great because not all of us have been shot at. Yeah, the media targeted. came right after me with that. Now, what do you think of gun control? Right. Of course, and that did. kind of stuff. I, I want to know, know what the line question. is, though. I know, not that I bet on anything, but what's the betting line between Republicans and Democrats in the baseball game? Well, it's surely be, there's a line. It's got to be close to 50-50 really? because last year was a 13-12 to 12 score. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Who's the most fun teammate of yours? The most fun? Um, probably Kevin Brady over at second base, but okay. we have a lot of characters. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a lot of really good uh, people who are on the congressional uh, baseball team that can liven things up with some sharp wit. But Kevin at, at second base, he's, um, of course, he's very, very smart intellectually. He's a good fielder, and he tries to keep us uh, on our toes. Probably the most edgy fun guy is Rodney Davis at catcher. Um, he will use all sorts of profanity when the public's not around. Uh, now, he's, he's doing it in a good nature. Right, sense, right, okay? Trying, trying to rib us, keep us loose and all that kind of, you know how catchers are. Right. Yeah. They feel kind of bossy back there behind the plate. Right. <laughs> he does a real good job of being bossy. So I got to know, does Tim Burchett play? Oh, he's good. He, he plays oh. at first base where I play. He, so you've edged him out as a starter. Well, well done. Okay. Tim, well done. Tim likes to quip that however many first basemen there are, like if there's three, he's the third stringer. If there's four, he's the fourth stringer. <laughs> he was but, the very first campaign I ever worked on in Tennessee. Oh, he's and a character. Like he's, yeah, he's from Tennessee, Senate. Knoxville area. That's And, and he's a wonderful, wonderful individual. Um, and he's somewhat comical at first base. Like uh, this morning, there was a little bit of pot fly practice. And of course, Tim's the one, the ball's up. It's probably about five feet behind him. So he's backing up <laughs> right on his derriere. Of course. Fortunately, the ball did not hit him in the head or anything. It bounced on the ground. He didn't catch so it. Oh, no, he didn't does catch it. Does he wear his Carhartt jacket? Bingo. You remember the Carhartt <laughs> does jacket? He, really? he does. Yeah, we called him Carhartt. Uh, wow. Okay. Like, so he's like the most good old boy. Oh, he is super. He is. Yeah. He's got have a to sharp wit. Right. We're going to have to watch the game. Maybe yeah. they televised. Well, it is on national TV. Yeah. Last year, it was on uh, two different uh, nationwide broadcasts. One was C-SPAN, and if I recall correctly, the other one was uh, Fox Sports mm -hmm. 1, FS1. Okay. That's fun. Okay, we're going to have a hangout and watch. Yeah, I'll tell you a little bit of it. fun, okay? We had one guy, Anthony Gonzalez, who's uh, our center fielder, and he used to be an NFL wide receiver, and he's pretty young still. So he, he hits one in the gap, and he goes all the way around. They call him an antelope. Okay. Right. And I hit a little squibby grounder to third base where John Ossoff is, senator from Georgia, and he throws it into right field. Mm. And so I'm going around as fast as I'm 67 years old at the time, going as fast as I can from first to second, go all the way to third, make it a third base error. And they refer to me as trucking it. Look at that old guy trucking it. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Gonzalez is running like a gazelle. Mo Brooks, he's trucking, he's trucking it. it. <laughs> good old Broke Alabama boy trucking right. it. Oh, that's well, good. speaking of Alabama boy, tell us a little bit, because I know we don't have too long, and I want to be efficient because we have lots to get to. Tell us about your upbringing, you know, a lot of what we hear. You're not from here, but you've pretty much lived here the whole time. I've lived here Where'd longer you? than the other two candidates in the race put together. 
That okay. also means Where? you're old. <laughs> oh, oh, wise, wise. My heart has just been stabbed. That means wise. So you, you okay. were born in New Hampshire. To quote Ronald Reagan, no. I will try not Charleston. to take advantage Charleston. of their youth My and inexperience. My was born in New exactly. Hampshire. I can't keep up with all these I was born in Charleston at the age of um, seven or eight. <laughs> Moved to oh. the state of Alabama and have lived here for six decades. Okay. Right. So you're, yeah. And are you still in Southeast Huntsville? Uh, that is correct. Still live in Southeast Huntsville. Uh, grew up in Southwest Huntsville. Uh, so I've been in South Huntsville now for about uh, six decades. And a shameless plug, according to U.S. News and World Report, the number one place, best place to live in the United States of America, yep. in the Tennessee Valley, in the state of Alabama. Yep. And Huntsville is way overtaking Birmingham. Hey, and the rest of Alabama, whatever I can do to make the rest of Alabama the same, I'll do my best. Oh, uh, the Tennessee okay. Valley that you I went to number one in we six love decades. The so that was good. That was good work. The part of the state that I represent has led the state of Alabama in economic prosperity over the last decade. Um, more jobs created in my congressional district than any other in the state of Alabama. Soaring incomes. Yeah, you know, if you put the right team together, you can do some really good things. Yeah. So went to high school, then you went to Duke. Grissom High School. Grissom High School. You went to Duke. Graduated in three years. Three years, double major, economics and political science. Uh, highest honors. They call it oh distinction in a major in economics. And then. And by the way, I'm only of only about four or five congressmen or senators who has an economics background, which helps explain why the economic policy emanating from D.C. is so bad. Mm. Why we're suffering from an eight and a half percent inflation rate. We don't have enough people to understand basic free enterprise. What do you Janet Yellen is awesome. Are you serious? <laughs> what do you mean? She understands inflation so well. Perfectly. Maybe you could do a little 101 okay. with her. And some of those economic degrees we don't count, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez <laughs> claims that she has an economics degree. I Personally, I think we need to um, remove the accreditation for that particular <laughs> university if that's an, an example of... Of their economic of the outputs. <laughs> well, she studied some other economy, not ours, for sure. But, the, okay, so... I didn't realize we were going to be e so easily distracted. Like we're Hi. we're very. Yeah. This is kind of fun. Look at Mo it's Brooks going along. Ropes yeah, it is. The show. This is great. It's amazing what two cans of Mountain Dew will do for you after See? you get up at three fifty a.m. in the morning. <laughs> well, it makes for great podcasting. So this is fun. But I, okay, then you ended up at Alabama. Where did you meet Martha? Well, it was a blind date at uh, Duke University, and if I'll tell you, if you got time, I'll give you a little story no, about it. No, we don't have a ton of time. Yeah, we got a couple us, minutes. Give, give it to us. us. Well, we, right. we need to know. Here, here is uh, one of my fraternity brothers has a gorgeous babe from California. Okay, <laughs> and that's the way he thought of her, and she was Martha's roommate, and he they ended up getting married, uh, Bob Frizzell and uh, Kim, and so. Martha's supposed to go on a blind date to this fraternity party. And Kim looks over at Martha and says, how come you're not getting ready? Well, the guy who's supposed to pick me up never called on the blind date. And Kim calls up Bob Frizzell, who's like a 6'4 linebacker type. If Martha's not going, I'm not going. So Bob Frizzell goes, <laughs> I got I to gotta get this girl on this date. And how, how can I find a, a date for this Martha lady? Who at this late date, this is the day of the party, huh. would not have a date? Mo Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> Mo Brooks okay. would not have a date. <laughs> I was focused on intramural sports and academics, okay? Right. So I, I 
rarely dated women. No offense, but you guys scared me to death, really? you ladies. Okay, <laughs> we're, we're kind just of, just I handfuls. Scare, we scare each other. We do. When we I do. was in when I was in high school and in college, all I saw was trouble. Right. Uh, and so uh, Bob Frizzell comes up to me says. I've got this date with this girl that I am head over heels over, and she won't go to this party tonight unless this roommate of hers has a date because the blind date never called her. So will you do it? <laughs> I said, yes, yes sir. sir. <laughs> and so about seven weeks or so later, uh, we decided to get married. And you've been married for how long awesome. now? We've been married for 46 years, four wonderful kids, four wonderful oh kids-in-law, all gainfully employed. All doing super well, uh, none on welfare, and 13 wonderful grandchildren. Wow. So all 13. because wow. some fool uh, neglected to call Martha yeah. uh, when he was what supposed to for a blind oh. date. Now, it, you know, he didn't know her, so right. it wasn't anything to do with not liking her or liking right. her. Yeah, because he, he missed out. She's he super, missed out. She's super nice. I mean, look at what you, His wow. loss was my gain. Right. She, she's a sweetheart for sure. Oh, she's brighter than me. She ended up being... Uh, Phi Beta Capital equivalent at the University of Alabama. Uh, she transferred there after we got married in economics. I think their Phi Beta Kappa equivalent is called Beta Gamma Sigma or something, you know, all these Greek letters. Yeah. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And the neatest thing is uh, here she is in accounting and she got to work on Bear Bryant's tax returns. And I thought that was real cool. No, yeah. she didn't. She did. Okay. With Senna and Company wow. in Tuscaloosa. So forget being married to a congressman. She got to do That's right. the Bear Bryant's. Now that is star status. That is amazing. That really is, is amazing. And so, she got to meet him, of course, during that process, getting those tax returns I mean, that's right. just basically, that's all you need to say to people. It's yeah. like she, she did She's his tax returns cool. and right. done. Check. Right. It's over. So when did you get into politics and why? Uh, got into politics in 1982. Uh, I was dissatisfied with the direction of our state. I believe a lot of people think that Alabama can and should do better, particularly uh, in education. Uh, ran as a Republican at that time. We were outnumbered 136 Democrats to four Republicans. Uh, nobody thought that a Republican could win. There were right. none elected in the northern third of the state of Alabama in the legislature. And dipped my toe in the waters and somehow was able to prevail despite the Democrats rigging 25% of the voting machines the register votes for everybody on the ballot except for Mo Brooks. That's old school rigging. That's 11 out of 45 machines that they rigged. In the primary Republican box in the district, the big one, there were five machines. None of them would register a vote for Mo Brooks. When you, it was the old lever where you pull the lever yeah. and the X so pops like out, or you pull the state go? ticket and all the X's would show except right. for Mo Brooks. Uh, some voter fraud specialists had locked those machines so it would register votes for everybody but me. Ultimately, at this one uh, location where none of the five machines would register votes for me, the poll workers would periodically announce, hey, if you want to vote for Mo Brooks, go sign your name on the wall. So you lost your secret ballot right, but at least you could vote for Mo Brooks. And somehow, despite that, wow. we still won with 57%. That is wow. So you know, you know a little bit about voter fraud. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. I, I kind of keep track of it. Well, good been, thing it wasn't widespread, though. Yeah, it was all targeted at me. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know why that didn't make me feel any better. <laughs> That's right. Wow. But the Democrats were monolithic. They had all the power, and they they took advantage of it. Mm. So that was my Back first introduction in to politics. Wow. Yes. So some people think that you being in politics so long is a negative. Um, they'll call you a career politician. Well, they're wrong, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. I didn't say I agreed. I just said that's what they say. Um, and you know, and you so know, what's your response to that? And also, are you for term limits? You know, what happens in 
government is you have responsibilities. Right. And how you should focus on whether you like or dislike a person is based on how they have voted or are going to vote. Uh, by way of example, uh, my having been elected a significant number of times carrying the Republican banner, that gives you an idea that people must like my performance as a public servant. Otherwise, they wouldn't have elected me to public office 14 times as a legislator, as a county commissioner, and now as the United States congressman. The average re-election rate exceeds 75%, which ought to tell people, hey, maybe a lot of these dishonest attack ads by Katie Britt aren't true. How could I have gotten elected one time, much less 14 times, if there was any truth to any of this garbage that they're throwing out and throwing up against the wall to see if it will stick? It, it helps me better understand with what the Katie Britt team's been doing, why Mike uh, Durant called her corrupt, Okay. What she's doing is dishonest, and she ought to be held accountable for it, not rewarded for it. But we'll see what the voters uh, decide in that regard. But the main thing is, you don't really know how someone's going to operate. And this is very serious when they start at the United States Senate level. This is a big deal. By way of example, when Doug Jones was put into office Mm -hmm. from Alabama, that was our key vote, swing vote, on whether we could repeal Obamacare in 2018 after John McCain died. Because we got John Kyle appointed to replace John McCain, when John McCain died after doing that on the Senate floor on Obamacare, that was a vote. So all of a sudden we had the votes to pass Obamacare, except Alabama sent Doug Jones. Jones. That's right. That cost us the repeal of socialized medicine, that bad mistake uh, by the voters. So with me, you have some degree of certainty that I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do because I've got a voting record. You can look it up with border security. You can look at Numbers USA, A-plus grade every single year on border security. You can look it up on the Second Amendment Right to Bear Arms. Look at NRA, Gun Owners of America, National Association of Gun Rights. Mm -hmm. They all have endorsed me straight-A record with NRA and GOA on Second Amendment issues. On pro-life issues, you can look at National Right to Life. If you're pro-life, you know I'm going to be solid with you because I've had a straight-A record every single year in the United States Congress. So I consider this an invaluable asset, particularly in the context of at, at this level, when you got tons of money, I'll tell you what Katie Britt's doing. Her team has run polls to find out what the public wants to hear mm-hmm. and have told her if she wants to get elected. You've got to parrot this back. And that's exactly what she's doing. And she flip-flops as the circumstances warrant. And I can give examples of that if you wish. But she flip-flops as the circumstances warrant. You really have no idea what you're going to get. It's a crapshoot, a roll of the dice, a gamble. Mm -hmm. And I would submit that now is not the time to gamble with America's future if you're a Republican or if you're a conservative. Now, if you're a liberal, there's no gamble, okay? Vote for Katie Britt. Don't vote for Mo Brooks. After all, she's being supported by the Alabama Democratic Party. That ought to tell you that perhaps she doesn't think like us Republicans. What do you think about the tweet that came out that uh, Wade Perry that said... uh, I've got he it right the here. World of her, yes. This is from how much help she was. Alabama Democratic Party Executive Director Wade F. Perry, who also has firsthand experience concerning Doug Jones' election because he was the campaign manager for Doug Jones in 2017. Oh, well, so and this is what he said. Now, now, if you're a Republican, this ought to scare you a little bit mm. that the Democrats, the liberal Democrats, the socialist Democrats, think so highly of Katie Britt. This is what she said. Quote: Yep. She's pretty awesome. Now, when a Democrat calls a candidate awesome, that's normally not a good thing if you're a Republican or a right. conservative. They don't call you that. No, they don't. They call me a lot of things, but not, not <laughs> awesome. <laughs> now, here's the second sentence. Super helpful to us in the Doug Jones thing in 2017. Now, keep in mind, this is Doug Jones' campaign manager saying Katie Britt was super, super helpful. helpful to electing Doug Jones. Well, what I liked about it, it wasn't even 
the he didn't have to say the election. He's like the Doug Jones thing because he knew there was a thing there. The Republicans. Well, everybody knew there was a thing. But, but yeah. it was Republicans that shot right. shot us in the foot. As right. well, right. it was Richard Shelby and Katie Britt who devised and implemented a strategy to take votes from the Republican nominee, right. which elected Doug Jones. And by the way, after the election, Doug Jones publicly thanked them for doing that. Right. And I've got that quote, too, if you want me to uh, read it into the record. But continuing, and showed real leadership in supporting the gas tax increase for needed infrastructure improvements. Uh, yeah, she was the leader of the gas tax, tax hike. And then continuing, next sentence, I think the world of her. Then the next sentence, and this one is real interesting, too. Most Dems understand she just has to say certain things, end quote, mm. to win a Republican primary. So if the Democrats can figure out that she's spinning a tail, that right. she's just parroting back to us what her polling data says we want to hear, the Democrats can figure that out to the point where they're giving an open door to Democrats voting for her in the Republican primary. Don't you think the Republicans should figure it out? Mm -hmm. No, I agree. And how many times in Montgomery, yeah, that's my experience, as you know, Mo, have you heard people say, just say what you have to say. Just say what you have to say. Just say what they want to hear. But but I'm like, don't you mean to do this? No, we're just going to say what we have to say. So it was that sentence that drove me the craziest. Now, I've got also an article by Doug Jones, including Doug Jones, in which Doug Jones is thinking this strategy yeah, for getting him elected. Yeah, I've never seen that. Uh -huh. Yeah, I've not even. I, I'll be happy to read it to you. It's from the National Journal Daily back in 2019. So this race wasn't a factor. Right. The 2017 race was in the rearview mirror. Here's a quote from that article. Senator Richard Shelby's rejection of Moore and claim that he had written in a distinguished Republican for the special election to replace then Attorney General Sessions provided fodder for Doug Jones's TV, digital, and robocall ad campaigns. It was a message to the crucial Democratic we were trying to attract, moderate GOP voters and independents. Jones wrote in Bending Towards Justice, if we could get, excuse me, if we could not get those votes over to our side, Having them write in or stay home was a vote in our favor. The Shelby anti-endorsement was very important, Jones said in the interview, given the narrow outcome. More voters wrote in on alternative than comprised the margin between the two nominees in election decided by fewer than 22,000 votes, end quote. So, you know, we, we had people who were kicked off the ballot by the Republican Party in 2020, and I think also this year, for supporting Doug Jones. Helping him right. get elected. Mm. Kicked off the ballot. They were denied ballot access by the Alabama Republican Party. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to handle this, but to me, the evidence is overwhelming and compelling that she helped Doug Jones get elected as evidenced by the campaign manager of Doug Jones specifically saying so, as evidenced by what we saw with our own eyes in TV in December of 2017, where Richard Shelby's on national TV doing all sorts of news releases saying... Write in somebody else. Don't vote for the Republican nominee, which, as Doug Jones says, that's a vote for Doug Jones. Right. Every time you take one of those off of the GOP right. nominee's uh, right. column, that's a vote for Doug Jones. And Katie Britt was the chief of staff implementing that strategy for Richard Shelby. And they split hairs by saying, we didn't support Doug Jones. We just chopped the legs out of the Republican well, nominee, which right. is supporting them, but they like that whole lawyer right. the, talk. The, they use the lawyer talk, the legalese, and the way they're using it is we did not encourage people to vote for Correct. Doug Jones. Right. But if you encourage people who are against Doug Jones 
to throw away their vote, right. as Doug Jones says, each one of those is a vote for Doug Jones right. because it's one less for his competitor. And if my memory serves me correctly, there were over 30,000 people who voted, went to the polls and voted and wrote in somebody else mm-hmm. pursuant to the request of Richard Shelby and his chief of staff, Katie Britt. Yeah. Now, are we going to be Republicans or not, folks? Right. Well, it'll be really if not, interesting. Let's just be a social club to yeah. see what the party does about this, um, because there's not a quote. Well, I mean, Wade Perry is the chairman of the Democratic Party. <laughs> well, executive director. Executive right. director, and he was, but but like, there's no. As far as I know, nobody will come on the record. He wouldn't even answer eighteen nineteen when they. Well, this is on out. the record. It's well, in writing. It, 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 it is, but then you know. His account they'll just was deny private. It and then they'll say, well, you don't know. Where's the paper trail? Well, there's not going to be a paper right. trail. The whole nine yards. That's, but that's, I mean, that's I'm, what will happen. I'm, and then um, there's just a few other things like with that you talk about her tax that she's voted for several taxes just seems to be out of line with like traditional conservative values and platform. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she's known as Common Core Katie. Okay, that's uh-huh. her nickname on the Common Core issue. And there are a lot of other moral values issues where she is a part of the BCA the masters right. of the universe crowd. And what are the, what does she do? She <laughs> parrots along with them. Okay. He-Man. So, do you remember He-Man can, and she yes. masters of the universe? So how about this? Because what you're saying right now is very interesting. It's not just in regards to the gas tax, but it's also in, in regard to Common Core and the BCA. Can you connect the dots for our listeners and viewers and help them understand her position at the BCA with Common Core and how that's going, how, how has that affected? Because people say, well, she's never been elected before. How in the world did that affect us? Why does that even matter? That she's never been elected before, that gets back to it being a crapshoot. It's a gamble. Right. Look, I have served in public office a lot, mm-hmm. okay? And I've served in the United States Congress for the last 12 years. And you, after a while, you can figure out who the rhinos are. You can figure mm-hmm. out who the establishment members are. You can figure out by observing them, who you can rely on and who you can't. Right. And Katie Britt is a rhino establishment person that you can't rely on if you're fighting for the principles that we claimed we believed in mm-hmm. when we got elected. You, you recognize them from that experience. Mm-hmm. And I can spot her a mile away in the opposite camp. You can follow the money trail with uh, Mitch McConnell pouring millions of dollars into attacking my reputation and, and uh, Mike Durant's reputation. Uh, same thing with Richard Shelby. He's as rhino as they get. Okay. I'll give you an example. He voted for the legislation that made it illegal for our voter registrars to require proof of citizenship when a non-citizen demands to be registered to vote. The law should be the exact opposite. Right. right. It should require right. proof of citizenship, but Richard Shelby voted to make it illegal for our voter registrars to require proof of citizenship. That's a, a horrible policy. Americans should be controlling the destiny of our nation. And I'll give you another example uh, with Richard Shelby. He's got a lot of buildings named after him. He's been very good at demanding that the buildings be named after him when he comes up with the money. But can you name a person who's more responsible, living in the United States of America today, more responsible for our $30 trillion debt that is mortgaging our country's future? Mm. I can't. Can you name someone more responsible for this debt burden that we have? I mean, look, he's been there since the 1970s. He's been an appropriator. He's been spending all this money that we don't have, have to borrow to get, and can't afford to pay back. Right. Biden's and, been there a long time, too. He has. Richard Shelby has his protege that he's trying to bequeath the United States right. Senate position, and I say bequeath quite literally, as if it's his instead of the people's. Mm. So do you think he would be supporting somebody who doesn't agree with his philosophy of government? Right. 
this is a good time to stop <laughs> to stop and say that we have invited Katie Britt on to the podcast. Um, we have not heard back from their camp yet. We've we've reached out twice. So we we are have reached out to give her a chance to come on. We're as trying well. to be fair. Trying yeah, to be so fair. We, we, and and just, the idea yeah. was to have both and, and to, be balanced and, for, and hopefully right. we still can. Well, and, while but, we're talking about Katie Britt, there's a reason why Donald Trump Jr. has referred to her as Alabama's Liz Cheney. Uh, and that's not a good descriptive term so say, in Trump world or amongst Republicans. For someone to call me. Absolutely well, not. The, the, the Trump team has done their homework. There's a reason why Donald Trump has not endorsed Katie Britt. Okay? Right now he's neutral. But there's a reason why he doesn't like her. Um, and probably part of that reason is a quote by President Trump. And I don't know if you've heard this quote by President Trump regarding Katie Britt. But this is it. Katie Britt, quote, is not in any way qualified and is certainly not what our country needs or not what Alabama wants, end quote. So the Trump team has said, uh-uh, to Katie Britt. And she, she's groveling for that endorsement and has been for many months now. Um, we'll see how it plays out. But the fact that she's a pawn of Mitch McConnell, uh, that also doesn't sit well with uh, the Donald Trump team. So what are the chances apparently Trump saw your Fox News interview, which if you haven't watched it, we need to put it in the show notes mm -hmm. on fire. That's like I just want to be like preach, you know, that mm -hmm. I think you said a lot of things. And honestly, even as the product of a single parent, a single mother raised child myself, what you said is true. There is a breakdown of the family unit. There is a breakdown of traditional family roles and the way God designed it. And I was not offended by what you said at all. If you haven't listened to it, you need to go back and listen to it. Aside from that, you mentioned a lot about the 2020 election and apparently Donald Trump saw that and was kind of like, Whoa, where was this Mo? Do you well, it's the same Mo I've been, been since time. November 3rd right, of right, right, 2020. Right. You just didn't okay. get to say it all in Coleman. I don't <laughs> guess it could well, come out. What Mo said in Coleman was factually correct because we were coming up to these next elections and yeah. guess what we had to get we, players we did, back in the game absolutely right. so now, a I lot of players a lot of players had just quit okay the right. referee had made a bad call the umpire had made a bad call and i played a lot of sports in my youth and what's the first thing the coach tells you okay put that bad call behind shake you it off, you got the next on. play right. shake right. it off move That's on right. and in order for us to get justice for what happened in november of 2020 we got to win the 2022 and 2024 elections, one, to fix the broken election system, mm -hmm. and two, to have the power with which to fix the broken election system. It's as simple as that. It's like 1982 when the Democrats right. rigged the machines. You got to push through it, and you got to win with a big enough margin so even after they've stolen whatever votes they're going to steal, you still are on top. Right. And if that's your task, that's the task that you have to meet. So that's what I mean by looking forward. The only way to address what happened in 2020 is, by golly, take the power from the Democrats at the city level, at the county level, at the state level, and the federal mm -hmm. government level. Well, and I yeah. think that's why it, it doesn't have to be an either or. Either we, we focus and look back at 2020 or we move forward to 22. Well, it needs to be a both and, and I think that's what right. you were getting at. 2020 is something to look at as a motivational tool right. that we're going to lose our republic right. if we don't fix these yeah. systemic flaws in our election system. Yeah. Okay, right. that's what but that's But there about. was going right. to never be a 
uh, wake up on Monday morning and Donald Trump's put back because right. the, the system's right. just not going to allow that. Well, it's the not- deadline was January the 6th. Right. Right. After January the 6th, there is no legal way in the United States Constitution, United right. States Code, to change the outcome of that election. Right. There you is no do legal a whole path. bunch of impeaching and electing speaker and move this person out and move that person out and just and, mm-hmm. and it's just not going to happen. It's kind of like, you know, imp- and it hasn't impeaching happened. a liberal yeah. judge. Right. We're a year and a half later after right. the voter fraud election theft of November 2020 and it hasn't mm-hmm. happened. Right. That's because there is no legal path. I wish there was a legal path. I understand uh, Donald Trump and his position where he wants to be reinstated perhaps, or he wants to rescind the election. If I were in his shoes, I would want that too. Mm-hmm. Okay. But there's no legal way in which you can do it. Right. I wish there was, but there's not, right. but we can win in 2022 and we can win in 2024 and we can kick the derriers of the Democrats all over the playing field. If we will get together and work like we need to work. Absolutely. And at the baseball game and at the baseball game <laughs> in July, let's, let's beat them in July and to get going. So let me, let me ask this. And I've asked you this on my radio program before that there's a number of attacks from the Brit campaign and I'm including, you know, their, their packs, their national packs, the Mitch McConnell. It's all packs. the same. It is all the same people with all the same. There goal. is, there is no distinction and, between one and the other. And I want you to address them because now there's a Pick big one. There's a big mailer <laughs> coming out now. That's what, what is like it? Mo tax, MAGA Mo, taxes. Mo taxes. Yes. And that's I'm just, just another, that's another big lie by the Katie Britt team. Quite frankly, this is the most brazenly dishonest campaign and candidate I have witnessed in my life in politics. And I've been involved, engaged for four decades now, brazenly dishonest. And it's why Mike Durant called him corrupt. Right. Okay. He he yeah. said I had a big mouth. That's a whole lot better than being called corrupt. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. Mike, there you go. Out. Okay. I do talk a lot. I thought it's part of my job, but right. <laughs> nonetheless, um, the the taxes. They claim that I have voted for property taxes, sales taxes, and income taxes. I've supported a hundred taxes. That is all one hundred percent pure bovine excrement. Okay. Right. Zero truth to it. Right. Zero truth to it. Now, I'll give you some examples, and everybody can look this up. Um, as a legislator, Alabama Taxpayer Defense Fund kept track of our voting records on tax increases. I was ranked number one out of 140 legislators in the fight against taxes and to protect family incomes. Is that consistent with someone who's voted for all these willy-nilly tax increases that they talk about? No. Number two, uh, Bob Riley's billion-dollar tax increase referendum in 2003. You know that I opposed it because I was active in the statewide televised debates Mm -hmm arguing against this tax increase. I'm on statewide there, TV. There were only a handful of Republicans that oh. held any office that were opposed to that yeah, because, because they were it afraid was, of the machine. It was Me, against the governor, you, a Republican Armistead. governor that we were fighting. Yes, exactly. Now, is that consistent with someone who's voted for tax increases? And then you've got President Trump's tax cuts of 2017. I just had a significant surgery, and I had a catheter in me, and I had to travel to Washington, D.C. on an airplane in a cramped condition with a big person sitting next to me. And that's not a comfortable thing to do, but I want to make sure I got to Washington, D.C. to vote for that tax cut because it was that important, and we might not have had the votes to pass it in the House. Mm-hmm. And so I got there. Now, is that the position of someone who's for raising taxes? So I'm telling you, my strength is my fighting against tax increases and for protecting family incomes. And Katie Britt's weakness, number one weakness, it's also her number one policy achievement, is raising taxes. Right. She has publicly supported more tax increases than any Republican candidate in the state of Alabama. And if she hadn't chickened out on the debate, 
I'd have wrapped that around her neck because I'd have proven well, it too. that's why she avoided the debate. Yeah, I mean, let's be clear. Uh, I have litigation experience as an assistant DA in Tuscaloosa, as a district attorney in Madison County, as a nationwide commercial litigator for a big company out of Wisconsin. And I know that there are opening statements and there are closing arguments, but in between you got to have evidence. And I've got the evidence to back up everything I've just said of a factual nature. <laughs> everything. I've got the evidence to back it up. And they don't. In an abate format, that's really bad for Katie Britt and really good for Mo Brooks. Right. They read the tea leaves and they skedaddled like a cockroach who saw all the light. I want to know if she has responded. I saw that you put out a press release that you um, invited her to a one-topic, two-question debate. W- question number one, was the 2020 election stolen? Question number two, did Donald Trump win or not? Have you heard back from their camp? Well, it wasn't a direct message to their camp. It was indirect to the people of the state of Alabama. I, I assume that they have seen it. said you sent them an email. Well, maybe my staff has. Okay. I'm thinking of the Facebook post, the tweets, okay. all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, I have no knowledge of her having accepted a debate, either generally that the Alabama Republican Party wanted to put on. Mm-hmm. That was the first one. Or we offered a debate just limited to her attack ads to see right. if she can defend them. And, of course, she can't. She knows right. she can't. So she doesn't want to do them. Well, 1819 News has reached out to your campaign and the Brick campaign about doing a debate as well, and I don't think they've heard back. There were three or four different entities that reached out for debates, and uh, again, she she's too weak to be able to defend what has happened. She knows that what her team has been saying is false, and she doesn't want to be put in the position of me proving how false her statements are, and it would have been easy to prove, and after that debate was over with, 90% of the viewers would have voted for me because I believe 90% of the viewers believe in honesty. I just and a number handle... one criteria for a public official is honesty, and this campaign absolutely does not have, and again, that's why Mike Durant called it corrupt. I can't handle the, the, at the end of the campaign um, before the primary election, all I heard was that Mike Durant won't debate. Mike Durant won't debate. Her campaign talked about it, talked about it. I happen to have that quote. Well, you can read it because it drives me nuts. I'm like, okay. Okay. This is Katie Britt when she is attacking Mike Durant. Okay. Direct quote out of her own mouth. Quote, to Congressman Brooks credit, he has agreed to be a part of these just like I have. But Mike Durant has been totally radio silent. If Mike Durant wants to be the Republican Party nominee, it is especially perplexing, head-scratching, that he won't even respond to their debate invitation. I mean, what does that tell you? I think it tells you that, well, he clearly has something to hide, end quote. I agree with Katie Britt when you're talking about something to hide if you want debate. And that explains why Katie Britt will not debate. Now, you can see the flip-flop, the hypocrisy. She's done that on... Issue after issue after issue. She's done that on the Second Amendment. She's done that on pro-life. She's done it most recently on the Ukraine. Just time after time after time. And I can prove what she said or did here, what she said or did there. And if you're wanting to debate Mo Brooks under those circumstances, do you cop out or do you attend? Do you want to go to your own execution? Well, she made a point, wise decision not to show up, but it's right. a bad decision for the state of Alabama. Right. And I think like with Mike Durant, he was in the lead for so long, so I understand. I mean, there's the old philosophy. You just, right. if you're don't in the head, right. don't go mess up. But at some point, like Mike Durant, I think that was his downfall. He didn't get in front of the people. He didn't rebut a lot of these things. He didn't debate. And I think that's why he didn't make it to the runoff or have a better chance. That I don't was know if that will happen to her. I don't, I don't know if that will happen to her. But to me, I'm like, you're about to sit at the highest level federally elected seat in Alabama and you 
Well, ba- basically, what do the people of Alabama know about her? I mean, Mo Brooks has a, a long record. Mm-hmm. All we know about Katie Britt is TV commercials. Well, and you can look at her time at the TV. BCA, and you can well, kind of tell can, from that but, but and see how she's going to vote. You don't really vote. know. She doesn't answer questions. You don't right. know when she gets under stress. You don't, no, that's a good she's point. She's not been called out on this flip-flop or that flip-flop. And, I mean, she's she's really unknown. She's she's created by an advertising campaign Does by marketers. Well, if she doesn't want to be labeled as the campaigning like Joe Biden, she better start showing right. up. Well, I mean, she's been asked to be on this program. I know. So, so we're asking you, if you do not want to be labeled as the Joe Biden running for office in Alabama, then show up for a debate. Now, wait a second. I think that's being unfair to Joe Biden because he did participate <laughs> in three debates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is true. Well, he Actually, campaigned from his basement. That's true. Right. Right. And that feels like that's what she's doing. And that is a precarious position because Alabamians do care about who they send to Washington. But he did and come out of his basement hear. to do three debates. He did. You're right. right. You're right. He came out three times. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> so, But let's not campaign from your basement. Let's show up for the people of Alabama that you say you'd like to represent. Questions. Yeah, Isn't I mean, we just, we just want to know. She needs all. to answer them in a contested environment, not where people just give her a pass when she gives a false answer. Right. An answer that was different than the one that she gave last week. Can, the, can I give you an example group. with Ukraine, another one of those uh, flip-flops? Sure. Can I do that? <laughs> yeah. Oh We've only got a couple more minutes. We We're going to have to wrap it up. I have so much to get to. This so. is... Let, let me just talk about okay. Ukraine for a okay, moment. Where she's, we're having a speed round. All right. Where okay. she's hammering me. This is Katie Britt, public statement in March, quote, We must take every available step. Let me repeat that part. We must take every available step to give Ukrainians the defensive weaponry, equipment, technology, and vehicles needed to stand their ground, including aircraft, quote, unquote. Mm -hmm. Then when it came to a bill that would give Ukraine $6 billion worth of weapons and another $4 billion worth of money loan to be paid back to buy weapons, the $10 billion in total would be paying American workers to produce those weapons. Mm-hmm. So the money's actually staying in the United States, although the munitions are going to the Ukraine. Things like uh, the Javelin produced in Troy, Alabama, jobs in Alabama, the Stingers, whatever the munitions are. When it came time to pay for it, she did the exact opposite of, we must take every available step to help Ukraine. Mm-hmm. That's a flip flop. Because she attacked you for voting for it. Yeah, she waited until I voted. No matter how I voted, she was going to attack me. Right. It was much like uh, Nancy Pelosi's uh, National Defense Authorization Act that had red flag laws in it that had um, termination of military personnel if they refused the vaccine in it, that had drafting our teenage daughters in it. She waited until I voted, and then she took the exact opposite position because she's got more money behind her to put out her message. Right. That's what I mean by flip-flops. She's inconsistent. You can't believe a word she says. I've never seen anyone this brazenly dishonest with the voters of the people of a state that she wants to represent as mm-hmm. Katie Britt. And I've been around for quite a while, folks, as y'all know. Right. I've yeah. seen a lot of candidates. I've seen a lot of office holders. I've never seen anyone this brazenly misrepresent what's going on. Can we talk about... You? Lightning round. Go for Lightning it. Lightning round. You got to okay. hurry. Oh, you got talk, okay, right, three minutes. Okay, Katie Britt. All right. But here we go. Do you... No, you go first. Well, okay, I'll go first. Now I don't... I forget. Okay, will you vote for Mitch McConnell to be party leader? No. Dang it. You're too fast. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, let me get my question. Though. The Supreme Court did not rule on Roe v. Wade last Monday. It'll probably come out this Monday, hopefully. Do you support abortion rights coming back to the states? Well, I am pro-life. Okay. And that pretty well sums it up. I also prefer that that issue be resolved by the states under right. the 10th Amendment, 9th and 10th Amendments. That's my personal preference. 
If I am forced to vote on in the United States Congress, I will vote pro-life. But I really prefer this be a state's rights issue. And certainly an elected legislator or congressional issue as appointed to an as opposed to an appointed for life dictatorial judge issue. The people who make these policies are supposed to be accountable to the public and judges, federal judges appointed for life are not accountable to the public. Is the U.S. Department of Education even necessary? Absolutely not. I've introduced or co-sponsored legislation to abolish it. I don't believe in the federal government uh, mandating anything concerning K through 12. That is uniquely a state responsibility Cities, counties, and states vastly superior on education matters K through 12 than federal bureaucrats in their windowless cubicles in the basement of some nondescript federal edifice. <laughs> federal edifice. <laughs> really good. And bovine excrement. Right. I've learned so much. I really. It's amazing, though. I want to do a deep dive into the the creation of the Department of Education because it really started it started in the Carter administration purely, apparently, to get the teacher unions votes well the purpose of the department of education at the federal level from a political standpoint is to make it more difficult for the people to be able to have control over their child's education Mm -hmm. you know if you're you're a citizen it's a lot easier to get a hold of a mayor or a city councilman or a city board member or a superintendent Mm -hmm. or even a legislator state board member and a governor than it is the president of the united states or united states senator or united states congressman so they're trying to centralize all this in a faraway place where the special interest groups with all of their political power can wield disproportionate influence over policy and away from the regular citizens where this responsibility ought to lie. Follow-up question to that. Biden recently said that he was going to tie federal lunch money and funding to schools to a um, transgender non-discrimination Do you even need policies. to ask me the, the, the question on that? I just want it on record. I just want it on record. I mean, okay. we're, we're literally It's another bad idea by Joe Biden. Using... Okay kids and their and their lunch money their lunch money we're bullying them we're taking that we're, tra- we're saying we're going to take your lunch money if Look, you don't use the right program I mean, that it, is, it is a part of the push to impose amoral values on the people of the united mm-hmm. states of america rather than moral values and you know i hit a hornet's nest when i pointed out to all those liberals and said look one of the reasons that we have these killings at schools is because amoral values have been eroding away moral values if we teach the golden rule do unto others as you would have them do unto you if we teach one of the commandments that says thou shalt not kill that and and people absorb that that they're going to be less likely to do these things when i was a kid we had far better moral values okay we did i would take a gun to school with my hip waders or or chest waders after going duck hunting all this would be in the in the trunk of my uh, car, and we had no school shootings that I'm aware of. Maybe there was one someplace over my first 20 years of human existence, but I can't recall a single school shooting. I'm talking about where more than one person, like 5, 10, 15 are killed. It just didn't happen because we had better moral values back Mm -hmm. then. But now you've got the Democrats and their policies eroding moral values, and no one should be surprised that if you don't have respect for life, that life gets taken so easily by so many of these different people who are heinous in what they do. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to roll. No, Sorry. no, we no. Yes, we do. Check we the promise. time. No, we have two minutes. No, that's out the door. No, we have two minutes. We got two minutes. <laughs> one. Go okay, for it. Ready. You got one minute. One minute. Um, hurry, hurry, hurry. What's your favorite movie? Favorite movie? Gosh, that is a hard one. I really like Patton. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons I like Patton is because my father was a combat engineer in Patton's Army in World War II. Oh. Oh, so that's cool. pretty cool. I okay. really like um, The Patriot, uh, which is about the Revolutionary War. Uh, that was great. 
Uh, Gettysburg is also a great movie that that two uh, film series. Um, there, I mean, there are a lot of tremendous movies, but I tend to focus on history and heroism. What's your favorite kind of music? Oh, classic rock. No way! Okay. All right. Way, way. So, favorite so classic rock band? Give me the Beach Boys. Okay. What? Okay. What's your favorite color? My favorite color, green. Mine too. Because that's new life. I don't Y'all. know. I just like it. <laughs> I'm just like, there she is. She's oh, really gotta go. Okay. I told okay. you. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. You gonna uh, do the wrap up then? Wrap it no. Up. Wrap ra- it up. Thank you so much for joining us today. This was actually a ton of fun, and I hate that we got cut off, but we actually. I love the baseball stories. We're going to have to tune in and watch Mo Brooks and the Congressional Baseball Game. Um, find us on 1819news.com. You can find us on Facebook and Gab and Spotify. Uh, watch along and give us some thumbs up and some stars and tune in again next week. Thanks for joining us. Oh, one final point. Oh. If what? you're a conservative, vote on June 21st. Oh. If you're a liberal, vote on Wednesday, June 22nd. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure.